Welcome back to episode four of Waxpack Lyrical, the UK's only football trading card podcast. Before we go any further, let's meet your starting presenters. Ryan Slaughter, Birmingham City University, £192, 5'4". Dan Hewitt, the U of Life. I've weighed myself this week, £201. I'm 5'10". Uh, Brian Walter, the University of Washington. Yeah, if only, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> 6'2". And God knows how much, but I'd probably be playing linebacker these days. So I swim most days and I'm pretty fit, ladies. <laughs> Joking. Right then, guys, since episode three, uh, what have you been buying and have you had any decent cards? Let's start with uh, Dan the Man. Uh, I bet nothing. Not really. I haven't uh, I haven't entered too many breaks. I had about 10 days off. I'd used all my break credit, in fairness. Um, so I haven't, I haven't really hit anything. I, I've picked up... Um, a fair few one of ones, actually. I picked up a Jameis Winston Flawless, a Spectra Case Keenum in his Broncos uni. Um, yeah, that's about it, really, pickups wise. I haven't bought anything on eBay. I've been good. But I've got three weeks of Nights coming up, so that might be about to change. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not in any breaks at all then, or do you just uh, strike out? No, I just swerved them. I just swerved him. I wasn't in any breaks at all. I uh, I kept me kept me nose nose out and just kind of ignored all Steve's notifications. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best said way done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ryan? You uh, had anything come to your collection? Um, fairly similar to uh, to my main man. Um, uh, I picked up a Charles White um, Collegiate Flawless, um, which is on its way to the Seattle office. Um, I think I, I hit a carry on Johnson in a one of Steve's breaks, um RPA, absolute tools of the trade. So it's quite a nice um little car to pick up. But no, that I think um everybody know been listening to the show knows I'm not it's one of those seasons that because there's no big sort of Titans rookie, I haven't been that interested in some of the two thousand eighteen product to break. Um apart from obviously we were all in the Boom Palooza, which um so give props to Mojo. Um, I thought it was a fantastic break, amazing selection of boxes. Unfortunately for our big breaks team, we lucked out a little bit with having the Saints, and that was a little bit disappointing. But overall, I thought it was a cracking break. Yeah, the break was really good. It was quite expensive. Was it, uh, was it seven hundred and fifty dollars, eight hundred dollars? Yeah, about eight hundred dollars, I think. Yeah, for a start. Yeah, and I remember messaging Ryan at about half past one in the morning as I was parked up in a shady street in Bayswater. Waiting to, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, we, we were watching the uh, the random come up before I, before I drove home after a, what some people would loosely term a date, well, and uh, yes. <laughs> a peccadillo. And we, yeah, and we we pulled the Saints, and Ryan said he was over the moon with that. And uh, at that point, I should have known it was cursed and not bothered to stay and watch it. <laughs> and we came away with seven hits. We got a, a breeze. Pat Chorto, uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, Contenders Optic, Rookie Auto, and a few little bits and pieces. Then we've got a pack of Spectra coming, but we certainly didn't do... We were second least amount of hits. I think uh, the team that got the least amount of hits was the Panthers, and we'd have won a whole case of... Uh, is un- this year's unparalleled if we'd have got that. But instead, I think we won two boxes of bloody Donruss again. <laughs> That's what we've had all year. Yeah, no. you know I mean? We've had so many boxes of Donruss. And we've, not, just, and we've not hit a fan to the game yet. No, we haven't. And we know that's going to be first on your on your draft board, right, Absolutely. when it comes out. So. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So, yeah, since the last episode, um, I went into quite a few breaks in, in illusions, but we'll, I'll talk about that later on when we review that product in the reviews section, uh, chasing a couple of cards on there. Uh, on the eBay front, I decided to take the plunge and I managed to, uh, with the, my new tactic, ignoring big uh, big products when they first come out for the first week or 10 days when the price is absolutely insane, uh, I went back onto eBay and picked up two of the Spectra Super Bowl champion auto cards. I picked up the Russell Wilson out of 25 and the Neon Pink out of 10. Uh, they were both rather expensive. and uh, But compared to what they were going for the week before for the two cards, I probably saved about $120 on the two cards. And they have both been delivered. The notification has come in to the Seattle office where I will be in two weeks' time. So... Okay, that's what we've been up to since the last episode aired. Now we're going to move on to some hobby news and rumours. Uh, we've been scouring the uh, the podcasts and uh, articles that have written online. And a few things have come to light since our last episode that we're going to go uh, through right now. Uh, Ryan, you've been in contact uh, by email. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, contact you had with the guys down at Panini? Yeah, sure. Um, basically, what happened was that we uh, both, um, Dan and I, uh, are now admin. We've been promoted now. We're admin now on the NFL traders. <laughs> Whose <laughs> idea was that? I know, I know. Uh, uh, NFL Card Traders UK group. And um, we get asked quite a lot of questions around redemptions. We've, we've actually talked about it quite a lot um, on the podcast. And actually, between the three of us, we've been talking about quite a lot about redemptions recently. So... Um, so, so I pinged uh, uh, Robert in the, the Redemptions Department of Pini a little email just saying, look, can you just give some advice or guidance because um, people have conflicting views of what Panini actually do um, with redemptions and advice to give people. So um, I'm not going to read the whole thing out because um, it's quite complicated. But, <laughs> but um, in short, look, um, what, what Robert uh, sent me basically is that um, he says if they have the card in hand um, and it's redeemed, it ships fairly quickly, which in my experience is fairly true, um, although tops is quicker, by the way. But what they say is they cycle through sports. So they only basically they'll just one week could be basketball, one week could be baseball, one week could be soccer. So they don't actually sort of just do football all the time. So they cycle through all the different sports, which then would then can string out the process a little bit. Obviously, if they don't have it, it's because the player has not returned the card. Um, and the crucial bit here is this next bit, which he goes on to explain the difference or time periods. So any redemption that's been in longer than four months is eligible for replacement, assuming that it's not already going through the shipping process, right? Um, if anybody's had one of those, I've never had one because they're really quick. Once, once it's in and they log it and tell you they're going to ship it, it's here within four or five days I've had sometimes. If it's an expired redemption, i.e. it's put in after the date of on the redemption card, it has to be replaced, but the only option is a half-book value in points for the Panini Rewards site, which um, was the bit that I kind of was telling people, and they were like, no, that's, that's got to be rubbish, isn't it? That's, that's ridiculous. And I was, nope. Um, so you get half-book value in points for the Panini Rewards site. Um, I've already had that rant, so I'm not going to go on that one on the Panini Rewards. <laughs> If it's not expired, um, they, the Panini will give you a number of other options, which can include um, Panini reward points. 
Um, if it's a newer product, then it's more beneficial to wait longer than the four months for a placement. But this is the crucial bit for me because I've got a, uh, uh, Steve's actually put it in, but it was from our big breaks last year, I pulled a JJ Watt redemption and I was kind of like jumping up and jump, jumping up and down thinking that's fantastic. Um, if it's an older product, say last year's product, but you put the redemption in now, it re- you should not be leaving it there. You should be chasing it right up with Panini, okay? Straight away, because the likelihood is you're not going to get that card. So um, although he does say that there are plenty of examples of redemptions returned to us, the only football player on the list that he did <laughs> give me was Julio Jones, right? <laughs> so, okay. So... so in effect, I guess what 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 I, my interpretation of, of of the advice from Robert is: look, if you've if you broke a product last year or more than twelve months, so the product came out more than twelve months ago, you put the redemption in, and they haven't got the card, you ain't going to get it. Yeah. If they haven't already got the card in their stock after twelve months, it's not going to happen. And obviously, then they they then potentially they may do a a replacement or it's more likely which seems to be at the moment you get the panini rewards which is cac but there you go that's 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 the kind of the official unofficial line from 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 robert at, uh, at panini redemptions yeah i was listening to uh, the breaker culture podcast uh earlier this week listening to a few episodes of that and they have lots of uh, breakers on there and they have guys from panini on themselves I think it was the uh, kind of the CEO of the sports card section of Panini. He was on, and he was mentioning about Julio Jones that he took an eternity to send his cards back, and they had so many people that were turning in their their uh, redemptions for Julio Jones, uh, and just taking alternatives. And then a few days later, miraculously, Julio Jones sent back about five thousand signatures on various bits and pieces, and so people that had decided to take reward points found out that their friends had also had redemption and a week later were getting their signed cards. So that caused a bit of an uproar in, in that. But that's, I guess that's just the luck of the draw when, when players don't sign cards and take the turn to send them back. Uh, as people are aware, yeah, I've got about 29 Rashad Penny redemptions in there now. He's not signed next to nothing this year. He's, in a few products, he's coming out with a few sticker autos and a few uh, hard signed cards. Uh, but Phoenix is coming out tomorrow. Um and I'm looking through the, the checklist that was released today, and there's some rookie sets. He appears in one of the rookie sets, and there's about four different rookie sets, and he doesn't appear in three of them. It's probably because Panini just decided, well, you're not signing anything, mate. <laughs> we're, we're not sticking your card out, and that it's a good possibility that is the case of it. So, I mean, yeah, what, that, I will, what I will say though, Brian, is, is that I've always always given advice that if you if you if you hit a card of redemption in a card for a product that's just come out. Um, you know, give it a month and then chase it up. But if you've hit redemption and a product has been out for a few months, chase it up immediately. Just oh, chase it yeah. up. Um, uh, and like I said, if people have outstanding redemptions they've, they they haven't previously contacted Panini with that are twelve months old, chase it up. Um, the worst case scenario is that you can cut your losses and maybe take the points. I mean, like I said, with the JJ Watt one, what I've decided to do is just keep it in there. Sod it. It'll come yeah, if it yeah, comes yes. in. It comes in. Um, you know, I've got no rush on it. Um, I'd love it to come in. It should be number to ten. It should be a really, really nice card. Um, but, but I do say to a lot of people, look, if you if you if you've hit something and the product's a few months old, just chase it out with Panini. Because 
in my experience, one thing I can say is that Panini have been really good with communication. Yeah, which is good, yeah. Panini's customer services does seem uh, quite good when you get hold of them, but again, it's a case of getting hold of them, knowing the right person. And if anyone's got any uh, issues with redemption and stuff like that, Ryan has got the contact there. So if you get in touch with us, uh, you should all know our email address by now, waxpatlyrecord.gmail.com. Uh, all three of us are regularly on the uh, NFL Card Traders site, so you can get us through there. And also on our Twitter feed, which is at waxpatlyrecord. Uh, get in touch with us through there. If you've got any things you want chasing up I'm sure ryan wouldn't mind uh pointing you in the right direction of people to contact uh in other hobby news uh panini uh have been well have been awarded they they've won the uh the rights bought the rights probably is a better way to through the uh, rights to the premier league trading cards uh they've got the license for that from next season over here in uh, england uh dan what impact do you think that's going to have on the hobby I, I think on the hobby for us, I think it's absolutely massive. On the hobby for probably stateside, it'll make absolutely no difference whatsoever, I wouldn't have thought. Um, for us, it, it's got the potential to be huge. Now, I know there's probably a lot of people listening to this, collect the NFL cards who, who don't even watch soccer, don't collect soccer. Um, my boys just started this season collecting, at the moment, what is match attacks, which are created by tops. They're basically just base cards as we know them. There's no there's no autos, there's no jersey pieces, anything like that. There's parallels that are that are short print or maybe not short print, but they're, they're restricted in terms of you get one in 24 packs or or something along them lines. Pretty similar to NFL parallels, I suppose. Um, obviously, with Panini buying this license, they've they've already got the product stateside. So the, the, the products that are released for soccer stateside are as we would know them in terms of an American product. So they were released soccer cards with autos, soccer cards with bits of jersey and, and what have you. Now, it, them winning the license presumably gives them the ability to just bring that into the UK market so they can start selling them cards in the UK market. Now, they haven't been able to previously because Tops had got the license, but now they have. It's something they're already producing. I see no reason that they don't start bringing bringing that stuff over, um, trying to attack, attract a different audience, if you like, and obviously that could have a knock-on effect for the for the NFL cards because if they're bringing one sport over, it isn't going to hurt them to bring to bring all the rest of them over with it. So it could potentially be massive for us. Fingers crossed. No, exactly. So uh, you could potentially see them uh, launching. The Premier League cards at the at the games next year, the uh, the Wembley games or Tottenham games, if the stadium actually ever finishes. Uh, and like you say, they could bring over NFL cards at the same time because it is an untapped market here, which uh, they don't really seem aware of and don't really seem con- concerned about at the moment. You only have to look at all the NFL games. The game on Sunday uh, went to the Seahawks game, which was like a home game for us, thanks to all, all the Seahawks fans. There's a frenzy for NFL games over here. There's pe- People love it. And if they bother to put a little bit of effort in, they can make so much more money from it and develop the hobby over here in the UK. The, the good thing about the US cards as well is the, the market is a little bit different in that Panini have got the Premier League licence in the States anyway um, already. So they so Tops don't produce soccer, soccer cards um, in America. Panini do. But Tops have got the licence in the UK. So 
for NFL, there's just one license. Panini have got it, and that's it. There isn't a license by country or or anything else. So there's there's literally nothing stopping them bringing that bringing mm-hmm. that product over when they've got they're already in the market. Essentially, why not boost their income and bring everything else? No, definitely, definitely. So that could be potentially very good news for all the collectors over here in the UK. Uh, and finally, in the section, there's one uh, rumor that we've I've heard on a couple of different uh, podcasts and during a couple of breaks as well. Watching this week is that uh, in this year's Contenders Optic, which will release later in the season, uh, there is going to be a Tom Brady reprint rookie auto in there. Guys, what do you think about uh, the potential of one of those cards appearing in? the sheer set I, I, i'm not a big fan of contenders optic <laughs> um because i well because i i think it should just be contenders with an optic insert um i think they're just dragging it out but you know that is a massive chase and i'm going to get onto it a little bit later about chase and chasing cards and clearly that's a it's a huge chase and and um obviously it'll help it flog them off the uh flog them off the shelves dan what do you think about it I'm I'm not a fan. I, I I don't like reprints. I, I can't see the point. Like you know, you want a Tom Brady rookie, you're going to have to pay through the nose for it and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, Brady collectors, either if they were serious, they've probably already got one. Um, I, I just can't see the point. It just muddies the waters as well. It's just another. It, essentially, it's just a, a copy, but a legal copy. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense to me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like Ryan said, it is the chase. People want a Brady Auto. You know, you, you get basic Brady Autos from the new sets that are coming out with just a sticker auto, and they're still going for like $1,500 for a card that, yeah, the, the guy is the goat, as we all know, and stuff like that. And it's a massive chase, and it's good marketing from Panini, you know. So, but it's a case of I wonder how many they'll be sticking out in the set, probably five or ten of them. I doubt there'll be that many available in the set, but something to watch for later in the year. Okay, guys, let's move on to the review section now. Uh, There's three products we're going to have a look at. First one is Flawless Collegiate. Uh, Dan, what are the details on this one, please? It released on the 3rd of October. You get 10 cards per pack, one pack per box, and there's two boxes in a case of Flawless. Six autographs, two memorabilia cards and two gem cards in there. Okay, and what's the uh, price on that one? $1,150. So pocket change to someone from Stoke-on-Trent then. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> right, what would you think of this one? Let's go with Ryan first because Flawless Collegiate's his baby. Yeah, I mean, um, loved the fact that they brought out Flawless Collegiate last year. Um, I prefer it to the NFL product, which might be slightly controversial to some people, but you have to remember I am a big Collegiate fan, or clearly I know nothing about it, as, uh, or I can't predict a game. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, it, it, it has evolved. Um, there's the new part of the product is the new Flawless Team Player Gems. Um, I can't stand gem cards as part of Flawless. I think they do make some very very sexy cards but um but I, I don't like that the other thing i don't like is the, the college school boxes so you might have a michigan one or ohio state one i think that's just bloody annoying um particularly if you're breaking and one comes out because i've seen some absolute rank ones um if you've got ohio state it's like great i've got three ezekiel elliott <laughs> autos in them i've seen it um 
but but overall I do think it's a fantastic project most people know that I collect the Heisman trophy winners autos um and you know it's there I mean the 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 issue I kind of have is I think it should be a little bit cheaper um um in terms of the box and case value because the resale value of collegiate product is nowhere near it is in the NFL uh which makes it slightly easier for me to collect the Heisman trophy autos um because actually they're comparatively for for floors they're, they're not bad you know they don't hold they don't when they hit the market they don't have such a big value but you know good job i know they're trying to improve it but um if they ditch the the school boxes i'd be I'd be very happy dan what's your uh take on this one uh, i'm not a fan i'm not particularly a fan of flawless full stop i think i've got one maybe two in my collection i'm uh, it's not something i run after uh, unlike ryan i like watching college football i'm not a collector of college cards so for, for me that's that's a turn off. Um, the biggest turn off for me in the in, in the college flawless over the NFL flawless is in the NFL one you don't really tend to find a bust. I'm going to say a, a bust. I mean, I've I've got a college flawless card um, that we got in Big Breakers last year. As as much as Google the kid, I don't know what he did in college. He's done nothing in the NFL. Um, and and yet he's in a box that costs eleven hundred dollars, you know, which is lovely. So it's it's probably not worth the card it's written on at this point. Um, but you don't tend to find that in the NFL one because you you will get rookies, but I presume that they tend to skim off the top the the X amount of rookies that they either know are going to do well or they've watched a few games and know they are doing well um, prior to release. So yeah, they're not they're not they're not for me. And I, I agree with Ryan on the gem cards as well. Pointless articles. Yeah, just to pick on one of your points there about you, you put putting players out the collegiate ones are, are busts. It's always something I've been quite curious about how far in advance actually print and produce these cards. You know, if they've done it nine months ago, who knows? You know, do they do it when last year's college season was still going on? But that finished January time, so it's still. They still have plenty of time to select the players that should go into these sets. I, 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 like you, like, like us, or when we prospect or whatever else, there's a, I presume there's a little bit of guesswork that goes into it. You know, there's plenty of locks. There's, there's yeah. your Barclays of this world that are always going to, you know, even if he come out with that much hype, even if he potentially did nothing this season, he's, he's still going to carry some sort of some sort of value, some sort of weight. So that that's fine. But then... There's some random players in there. That probably a college football fan like Ryan will, will, will know. In fact, they might have even won an Asman Trophy. I, I, I doubt it, but... I'm, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> the playing question is Gerald Toussaint, if people are wondering. That's, that's the one. There we go. <laughs> Who was he drafted by, Ryan? God knows. I think he was drafted by the Steelers and he never played a game for uh, him. He yeah. just made the practice score. Yeah, he won particularly special to be honest <laughs> so in, um, so uh, Michigan I think it was so um, no I, I, I totally take that on board and you're absolutely right um, players can't or they shouldn't be, they can't sign anything because they can't take money um, till after they've uh, after they've finished at collegiate level so um, but yeah you're right I, I, I mean it's a bit like uh, I can't remember what product we were discussing a little while ago on one of the earlier shows but it can be very hit and miss um, and I find that with flawless anyway that you you can get some amazing boxes and some absolute shit boxes. And if you think about how much you're paying for it, it's very disappointing. But 
that's the way it goes. That's car collecting. Oh, that is a huge gamble with flawless of, of both the collegiate and the NFL. You know, you might hit a massive card, but I do like a flawless card. Um, it's quite difficult to get hold of some of the Seals autograph cards because there are a couple of hoarders, Seal fans, that seem to be buying up every single card like that. Uh, flawless collegiate, yeah, the standard of the patches, I think we've said this every episode when we're reviewing products, we've said every product this year, the patches are really good. And I think this year, Panini do need a pat on the back. We need to give them a bit of a kick in the nuts about their products. But near enough, every product this year, and again in Flores Collegiate, the patches have been superb. They seem to have taken a lot of care and detail over it. And you actually see so many nice cards being pulled out that you think, yeah, you know what, I wouldn't mind going to a break for some of that. Uh, I've been scouring eBay for a couple of uh, Rashad Penny cards. Uh, a bit too expensive at the moment for, for what they are, so I'm going to hold on for that. But yeah, not a bad set. Uh, price again, very high, so it's very much a premium product. Let's move on to the second uh, of our reviews, and that's Illusions. Dan, what's the uh, details on this one, mate? It came out on the same day as Flawless, 3rd of October. Um, product configuration on this one, you've got five cards per pack, 10 packs per box, and 16 boxes per case. You're expecting three autographs, and that's made up of you get one autograph card, one auto relic, and a, the box topper is now an autograph, as we discussed on a, on a previous show. You're getting two memorabilia cards, five inserts, six base parallels, and three insert parallels, and the rest of your cards are now a base. What's the uh, box price on that, are we were? $130. Okay. What do we uh, think of that one? Dan, let's go back to you at start. I'm quite a fan. I, I, I quite like. I quite like it. I like the, the base card design. Um, I think the, the box topper auto is a, a super touch. It was missing from last year, um, and I think that improves the product immensely. Um, sticking just a random parallel or random base card in there as they did last year just struck me as absolutely pointless. But um, making that an auto, I think, I think that's a great show. It's a nice mid-range product. You know, there's, I haven't really got a lot else to say about it other than that. Okay. Ryan, what's your take on Illusions 2018? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't too enamoured with the product last year. I think that the um, autographed box toppers, it is really nice, actually. And actually looking at them, they are quite nice cards, you know. Um, um, uh, you know, it's a very parallel product again. You know, high on stickers. Um, I quite like the elusive ink, um, rookie endorsements, low parallel colours. They look quite good. I think the oranges and stuff. Um, but um, it's just we're going to have um, probably this issue with another product that we is coming out very soon. Is that I just find that the hit, so like the patch cards um, and the autos, just the cards are a bit too jazzy <laughs> just a bit too in your face so it kind of detracts so if you've got like a really nice um prime patch or something or you know it just it, it just looks very busy um but I, I i've always liked the base products i think that's really good and i do actually really like the toppers and i've quite literally just just knocked on it have you got a shakin griffin one yes mate Brian. yeah yeah i have uh, uh, what the, the, the the single one or the uh, jewel with his brother? No, the single top, the box topper out of 25. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think I've picked up one of the ones out of one ninety nine. I think so. And there's one going for twelve twelve dollars fifty here, and you've got half an hour to go buy it. <laughs> I just thought I'd tell oh, you. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. That, that, if it's out of twenty five, that's going to go for about thirty dollars at the end. I'd imagine. All right, well, I'll, I'll so, watch it. as the show's progressing. I'll watch it. Yeah, keep an eye on it. Cause, I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, because leading on from that, like I said I bought into about eight or nine uh, illusions breaks, looking for. Basically, the box topper that's got the Griffin twins on there. Uh, they're quite a hot property. They've got out of 25, out of 15, out of 10, out of 5, and out of 1. So there's only about 50-odd cards in total of those, and they're all in the, in the encased with the autographs on there. Uh, I, I struck out on near enough every single bloody illusions break with that. But someone put up, uh, the first one that w- was put up online, the uh, Griffin twins dual autos, put it up at a buy now price of a hundred dollars or best offer i offered seventy dollars for it hoping uh, he might come out and say do 80 and i, I was gonna do that and the guy accepted my seventy dollars and i was quite pleased at that and i think i made a good decision there because i've been watching them the last week still follow on ebay and these have been going for 130 dollars a time so uh th- they're definitely a, a good investment uh, yeah, picked up a couple more. Uh, picked, like I said, the, the hundred out of the one ninety nine, the the uh, Shaquem Griffin one. And <laughs> we did see a listing on eBay, which I, I sent the guys, which we did all laugh at, of the most unsubtle eBay advert of the year, <laughs> yeah. where the the guy had the advert on there saying a uh, dual autograph Shaquem Griffin in brackets one hand. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but he did all right because that still went for $125 for the same car I paid $70 for. <clears throat> They're all coming to the market now. And I think, uh, like you guys have said, the box top of this year, the encased also, there's some really good cards coming out of that. Some really good cards. It's a decent set. I actually got my delivery from Mojo yesterday from uh, all the base I got out of that. Got a couple of inserts, but, but no autos from there. <sighs> Looking back, I probably should have just stayed out of the brakes and just gone ahead and just bought the card i was looking for anyway but that's the sort of chase i suppose isn't it you, you're just hoping to do it so such is life okay one more product to review that's uh, a very popular one amongst most collectors both here and back in the states uh impeccable football dan what are the details on that one uh, released on 12th of october eight cards per pack one pack per box three boxes per case and you're going to see five autographs in your box and the price point for this set? $490. Big money, boys, big money. What are our views on this one? Let's go with Ryan for this one first. Yeah, so I'll start off a bit like I did last time, so the negatives and then get into the positives. Um, so the negatives, um, a lot of the sort of lower end, um, uh, lower end, but you know what I mean, the lesser known rookies um, or stickers. Um, and I think that just... I genuinely in this product really brings it down. Like it just doesn't look, yeah. it doesn't look nice at all. Like no, I can understand in a low, yeah. in a low end product with a sticker on. Yep. Okay. You know, it's nice and jazzy. It's got all these different colors and my pink or whatever. Okay. I can get that. But in this product, it, it really, really, really frustrates me. Um, I don't, I don't really care for the gold and silver pieces, you know, the 0.99 fine silver or the half troy ounce gold. That doesn't really, you know do anything for me at all um the super bowl etched ones that it doesn't do anything for me at all let's put all that aside though i love the product 
impeccable. It's absolutely, it is an absolute stunt. The vet product is absolutely stunning. And I mean, you know, absolutely stunning. For me personally, um, the, the, the legends and vet stuff, I'd rather have one of those than I would a flawless. Right? Because I just, I just, I think they just look stunning. And then this year they go and do my nutting by bringing out what I think is probably the one of the best looking cards I've seen in recent years. And that is the Master Strokes. Um, uh, for me, I, 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 as soon as I saw one, I, I was drooling all over it. Um, uh, you know, the blood rushed downstairs. And then I saw the prices on eBay and they rushed all the way back up again. Um, so, um, but they're all really short print. Uh, I think I did the maths. Me and Dan were chatting about it the other day. And I think I worked out that you'd get, it's not a case hit. It's like one in seven cases. I can't remember what it was, Dan. But um, um, they're really, really short print. But I just think they're the most stunning cards that that I've seen for quite some time. Um, as, uh but now, how many uh, how many master strokes are there? How many are in the set? Um, there's not many. Um, it's all like proper proper legends. Um, probably I'm gonna have quick have quick butchers, but they're all numbered to like twenty five, ten. Um, I'm just gonna have a quick look on here, but I, I don't think there's many. Maybe maybe twenty, fifteen, something like that. Uh, twenty. Uh, Brett Favre, Sanders, Elway, Bettis, Warner, Young, Marino, Bradshaw, Dorset, Ward, Moon, Rice, Manning, Davis, Craig. Campbell Gannon and they're all numbered yeah. 45 you've got a couple at 49 um, that's Craig and Gannon the rest are 10s and 25s um, and if you go and have a quick look at them because um, I genuinely thought oh, I'd just love to collect these um, uh, you know we're talking Jerry Rice the number 10 sold the other day for $360 um, most most of them are going over $200 a piece um, but that's not surprising, you know, when you've got Peyton Manning to number to 10 or Steve Young number to 10. Um, but I, I just I, I just think they're really stunning, um, really stunning cards. Yeah, you say that they're not even a case here, but I was watching a break the other night, watched Impeccable. Uh, they broke one case. I think it was on possibly Mojo. Um, but don't quote me on that. I'll go back and find it after the show for us. But they broke one case, three boxes, and... There were two master strokes in two different boxes in one oh, case. Wow! Wow! <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think that's, one was that's a one about of, thirteen one, cases one of for that one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dan, what's your uh, opinion on impeccable? I, I, I'm I'm pretty much similar to to Ryan. I won't say he's been looking at my show notes, but um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, he's I, I really took your show notes and that before recording, mate. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Um, I, I really like Impeccable. I do. Um, I think it's a really nice product. I'm, I'm the same. I would much prefer an Impeccable card than a flawless card any day of the week. Um, the stickers are all let down. What Ryan touched on, stickers on sort of an illusions product that costs $130 a box. I'm going When I open that box, I'm going into it thinking I'm expecting a sticker. Yeah. Auto. If I'm paying $500 for something... I'm expecting a, the next level to that. So it, it, it just... Hard and they don't look nice on the cards either, is the other yeah. thing. The cards are so sleek and lovely designed, and then the sticker just, like, stands out a mile. It's it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, I, I really do like them. And I've, ch- I've checked out that set since we had that conversation, Ryan. They are lovely, but I won't be picking any up. Too, ri- too yeah. rich for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to struggle. Uh, definitely. I think one thing you guys have only missed out on is... Uh, 
in every case there is one case hit they call which is the uh, gold or silver card which comes out a, a box topper in one out of every three boxes and th- those change hands for a hell of a lot of money there you get the gold one on ones and the rest of them are some are out of 25 some are out of 15 some are out of 10 um I like what you guys say, yeah. For a $500 product, I'm not expecting a, a sticker auto and a, and a crappy sticker auto. Uh, I want one of the Shaquem Griffin ones, but they're very expensive at the moment, and I don't like the sticker autos. I'm going to hold fire on those for three or four weeks and see if I can pick one up a little bit, bit cheaper. So so we've had three product reviews here. Uh, flawless, Illusions, and Impeccable. Guys, if you were asking for a gift from your loved one, money was no object, which of those three boxes would you want? <laughs> impeccable. In fact, in fact, oh. screw the screw the box. I, I want an Earl Campbell impeccable masterstrokes, number the twenty-five. What would you like, Dan, out of those three? Ryan surprised me. First of all, being a college collector, I thought he'd be all over the flawless collegiate. Um, money no object. I'd go for impeccable, definitely. Okay, yeah, I think I'd go with that as well, guys. Uh, so that's the review section done for this episode. Uh, right, let's just have a quick look at three products that are coming up in the next couple of weeks, being released soon. Uh, we've got Phoenix Football, which is being released tomorrow, because today we are recording on the 16th of October. Uh, we've got Prison Football comes out next week, and Immaculate comes out, I believe, on the 7th of November. Which of those three products are you most looking forward to, Dan? I'm torn here because I, I really like Immaculate and I, I, I want to say Immaculate is the higher end of the three products. Obviously, Prism is what it is. Base heavy, parallels, chase the colours. Um, I'm, I'm not really a massive fan of Phoenix or Swerve, that one. But I haven't... This, I'm, every year I collect a base set whilst I've been in the hobby and I haven't been able to get hold of a base set to collect this year. So I'm thinking Prism might, might be the one because it's, it's quite nice. Um, so I'll, I'll go with that, I think. I'll go with Prism. Which one are you uh, looking forward to, right? Yeah, I mean, Immaculate. Um, yeah, Immaculate. <laughs> um, it, it was so good f- to us last season as a product to break in the group. I think everybody in the whole group has an Immaculate auto rookie of some sort <laughs> in their collection now. Um, and I've got um, I've got a little bit of a rainbow going for um, Taewon Taylor, so and, uh, I quite enjoy that one. So, yeah, Immaculate for me. Okay. Yeah, out of three, Immaculate, again, is probably probably my favourite. I like a bit of Prism. Uh, Prism pre-sale prices are, are quite high this year. I think Mojo was selling boxes that they will break, only on air they're not going to send you the uh, the sealed box for you to flog and make a profit on. I think at 140 145 a box, and the cheapest I've seen Prism elsewhere is uh, 190 So, yeah, that's, that's going to be an expensive one this year. When you've got all these quarterbacks in there and the Barkley and there it's going to be an expensive one to break this year uh, i thought i might be able to get a, a couple of boxes just to uh for the group to have a, a go through when i come back from seattle but then price is just just madness phoenix is the first one coming out and we, we were looking over the checklist came out and they've been plugging this one card for about four months which i've been sniffing around like like a fly around <laughs> shit it's, it's the, the triple auto with uh, russell wilson aaron Rodgers, and tom brady autographs on there we looked at it today and there's five of those and one, what do they call it? One pristine, one of one. So there's six of those in there and they've been plugging that in their product. Chances of me hitting that are about the chances of me and Dan getting married and emigrating to Hawaii next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably got more chance, to be honest. Let's work it out that way. So what do you think when those 
cards actually emerge with uh, Rogers, Brady, and Wilson on. What do you think they'll actually sell for, guys? Dan, stick a price on it. Let's have a. Oh, well, wow! I, I, I dread to think. What does a what does a, a Brady Auto number to five sell for on his own? And then you're stuck in with. Yeah, I mean, you, well, it's well over four figures, isn't it? Because you can get NAF Brady autos that sell in four figures. So, um, you know, stick two more Super Bowl winners on there. Quite often, sticking more players on a card can actually reduce the value. But the, the players they've picked, that isn't going to happen, is it? So, um, I mean, uh, probably got the potential. Might even touch five. Five figures, ten. Ten K. Yeah. What do you think the price of that be, right? Um, ungraded. Uh, two grand. Two grand. Yeah, um, and if you actually look at some of the the what um, Dan's just said is absolutely spot on. Um, is the That's actually, fine for everything. I know, I know. Is <laughs> is that the Brady autos that tend to be in triple auto uh, with say uh, John Elway or Joe Montana a lot lo- a lot lower in I say a lot lower, but you know what I mean. Uh, we're talking around probably the two grand, two and a half grand figure um, rather than a five or six for, say, like a card that's numbered out of five or ten. So, um, yeah, I, 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 in this current market, I can see it being huge. But if you, if you, if you broke the card, had it now and then sold it in 12 months time, um, I think it'd be around when the, when the market sells, I think probably around two and a half grand. Get it graded, probably push maybe another grand on top. Yeah, cause all three of those players are current superstars and they are probably three of the, the four or five most highly sought after cards in the, in the, uh, in the hobby at this time. Yeah. So yeah, but that comes out tomorrow. So in the next week or two, some will obviously appear on eBay. And, uh, if anyone wants to do the secret Santa, I'm more than willing to accept one of those in my stocking. <laughs> <coughs> that, so Dan, feel, feel free to blow the holiday budget for uh, next year. Seeing as you've whipped out of coming to the National in Chicago with me and you're going on a family, <laughs> a family holiday to Florida instead. Do you know, I haven't paid for it today, then maybe I would have. <laughs> yeah. And we can exclusively reveal, and let me throw Dan under the bus right now, that he is still looking at flights to come to Chicago for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, I've booked a twin room instead of just a, 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 a king-size bed. There's two, uh, there's two beds in the nice hotel in Chicago and I've got my flight booked already so uh, Becca you'll be losing Dan for a couple of days and the other good news is he said once you finish at the National come down to El Villa in Florida because we've got a spare bedroom and we can go on the piss <laughs> she knows about that one she was here when it invited you so oh, that's okay. <laughs> throw me under the buzz with that one <laughs> <laughs> so not only is he coming over to Chicago to the National Convention a couple of days he's inviting a mate down to go on the piss while you take the kids to Disneyland everyone's a winner so, job done. Okay, then. Uh, let's have a quick look at our rookie roulette. Well, there's only one person that can tell us what's going on. Uh, Dan's guy's still on injured reserve, so I'm sure his card price is locked at that 99 cents or best offer. Uh, Dante Pett has been out injured for two weeks with his uh, knee injury, but he is expected back in the next two weeks. Ryan, how is Kiki Kute doing? Um you know what? Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, Kiki Gute now has 20 receptions for 193 yards, one touchdown. Um, he also uh, beat out DeAndre Hopkins as um, for 19 receptions in his first three games. Um, 
Uh, so uh, in terms of one of the random stat lines that you can get, mind you, the Texans ain't been around for very long, no history. Um, so, uh, yeah, very well. I had a quick look at the uh, prices. I think um, I'm probably about even or just a little bit above at the moment in terms of value. Um, so so if it continues as doing it, you know, I'm pretty ha- mildly happy, boys. So he's hanging in there. So it looks like a bit of a two-horse race in as... Uh... Dan's pulled up lane before the first fence. <laughs> <clears throat> right, guys, we haven't got any Ryan's rants this week. We've got Ryan's rips. In fact, we've got all three of us ripping uh, packs. Uh, back on my last trip to Seattle last month, I picked up a load of retro packs uh, for us to have a... We were going to basically rip packs live on air. It's probably not <laughs> great because we're not doing it uh, visually. You can't see it, so you have to trust us what, what we bring out. Uh, in trust us, you don't really want to see Dan sitting in his front room with his onesie on ripping up packs. So we, we've all got a pack each. Ryan's going to go first. Ryan, which product are you going to rip? Yeah, so the product I've chosen this week is um, in 1995, inaugural edition Fleer Metal. Um, each pack contains eight cards. Um, there's a, a, I think it's 200 um, base set. We also have, what we're looking for in this one is Silver Flashes which sounds like people probably live in Stoke. Um, <laughs> gold Blasters and Platinum Portraits. Um, 1995, of course, was the rookie year Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, Curtis Martin, and Terrell Davis. Um, for me personally, obviously, I'm looking for the late, great Steve McNair um, and also uh, somebody of interest to both me and Dan, Kerry Collins. Okay. Nice. Dan, what pack are you going to be ripping? I'm going to rip 1992 Pacific Pro Football Plus. 92 wasn't the best year. There's there's currently no Hall of Famers that were drafted in 1992. A um, couple of notable players, Darren Woodson, Mark Chimura, Brad Johnson. Um, it's their rookie year. On the pack, there's the possibility of a Steve Largent auto. There are only a 1,000 from every pack opened, so the possibility is is quite slim. Um, but you know, there's, there's you as say, much chance as every other pack that was opened, and the odds are still the same. You say quite slim, but when we were chatting before we started recording, you said that you had a very good feeling that there was going to be one inside that pack. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There is um, there is parallels as well, specific to specific to Largen. So we'll see if we if we okay. can't get it. So we'll see if we can get one of that. I've got the two a pack of 2006 Upper Deck Silver. Uh, not a great year for rookies. Might be a Keyshawn Johnson in here, possibly. Who knows? Fourteen packs, fourteen cards in a pack here. Uh, oh, sorry, ten cards. So right, let's all rip our packs and then we can review what we got. I think it's better if we just rip them at once rather than people listening to shit. Uh, away <laughs> you go, gentlemen. Oh, these are nice looking. Oh, I like these. I've got the old problem that they're that old, they're stuck together. <laughs> That's not what's stuck them together, though, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we knew you were excited when you got these cards. Didn't know who's that excited. <laughs> these are lovely. These are nice looking well, these cards. Are quite, these are quite nice as well. I'll have to get some more of these when we get back to Seattle, I think. Okay, what have we got? Uh, oh, let me pick my microphone up. What did you pull out of your pack then, Ryan? Anything decent? Um, yeah, let's have a quick look here. So we've got uh, Charlie Garner, 
Marshall Falk, which looks like a, a base refractor. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Joey Galloway, uh, Michael Irvin, uh, Lamar Lathon, uh, Todd Light, which again is kind of like a reflect refractor. It's quite nice. Uh, Brent Jones of the 49ers and Herman Moore of the uh, Silver Flashes. Silver Flashes, the Stoke set. Yeah, the Stoke set. <laughs> Dan, what's uh, what's in your your uh, in your package then, Dan? Despite me feeling, not a lot. Not a lot. Um, all base, no inserts, no Steve Largent auto, unfortunately. A um, couple of rookies who I've never heard of, Ampley. And where's the other one? Gary Anderson and Terrell Buckley. About the best thing that happened was I got a... Uh, I got a 49ers quarterback and I read the first name it was Steve and the second name was Bono so that was a bit disappointing they were, they were all right though they're nice to look at and the, the, the bits on the back are nice they've got the uh, they've got a little fact did you know fact a bit like the classics from this year yeah, sounds good yeah nothing spectacular in my pack unfortunately 2006 uh, I think there might be one insert at the back here but I've got Good news is, Dan, I've got a, a Darnay Scott Bengals card, so that's going to be in the post due without a stamp on tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Forcing you to go pay fees at the post office. <laughs> Such an arsehole. Uh, a DeMarco Farr card. What else have we got here? I've got Steve Bono as well, but in the Kansas City Chiefs uniform. Can and obviously, most... a little... I yeah, I think we'll send those on to Gav because he likes to collect. Uh, 49ers quarterbacks that went on to better their career at the Chiefs, as we know. <laughs> I've got a nice junior sale, uh, a Burt Emmanuel. Uh, but I think the insert that I've got here is Seasons Lead. It's a nice flashy card. It's a nice little Emmett Smith card there. And I think these, the packs we've got are like about 40 pence a pack. So uh, we've got plenty more. Don't worry, guys. We're going to be cracking lots more of these as the season and as the years progress, eventually in about 2035. We're going to hit that rookie card that's worth some money. That will pay for pay for our care home because we'll be so bloody old by then. That's what we'll be needing. <laughs> so not a bad little little rip there. Uh, we've got years from I think how far do we go back? We've got some from early nineties. We've got some eighties in there as well. I've got an eighty five, I think. Yeah, he's got an eighty five. So if there's any uh, sets that you guys are interested in seeing being ripped. Let us know. I'm, we can. I can get hold of some individual packs from one of the guys in Seattle. Uh, any years that you fancy having a look in, uh, let us know, and we'll try and get around to ripping them. We'll stick like some this. photos up on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, we'll stick, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll stick can, all the cards. You can up. see the pack and the cards and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. A little product view, and then maybe we'll have a look back after after this Thursday. Not rub it in, guys. I've got three weeks off work on holiday, so I've got plenty <laughs> of time to have a look through that. <laughs> jobs are good in. okay this week we have a guest interview when I was out in Seattle last time uh, I interviewed Don Joss uh, he's the owner and proprietor of DJ Sports Card in Renton been going since 1987 lovely guy and uh, yeah here's 12 minutes where he's talking us through the hobby from a dealer's point of view yeah, we're here today at DJ Sports Cards in Renton, Washington, which for uh, most of you guys who probably won't know, is about 15 miles south of Seattle, here with Don Joss, the owner. Uh, DJ, thanks for giving us some of your time. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the uh, shop here? I'm in my 30th year of business. When I was in high school in the late 80s, the sports card market was really hot, 
and you didn't have to know much to kind of get into business. And I started selling comic books and trading cards. A local store offered to sell out the trading card portion of his star store to me. And that's how I got into business. Two years later, I moved out on my own and opened at the location that I'm at now. So, Yeah, that's really cool. So how has the uh, shop progressed through the years? Was there a downturn in, in card sales back in the uh, 90s, early 2000s? or? Absolutely. There was just it, Everything was booming in the late 80s to early 90s. And then uh, a couple things happened. A lot of people blame overproduction for killing the hobby. And I don't agree with that. I think what had, you see a lot of overstock cases of 90 and 91 baseball and you think oh they printed too much well at the time they were keeping up with the demand i saw more people leave the hobby at that time because the manufacturers started to come out with more brands more expensive brands and it was frustrating for people that tried to collect all of a player or all of a team so people started to drop out by then and i think the final blow was the baseball strike in 1994 not only was baseball on strike but hockey was too and we weren't really a big hockey store but you had two of the four major sports on strike and people feeling like they were doing it because they weren't making enough money, even though they made far more than the average person. That was the, kind of the, the final blow. And the, the market was probably at an all-time low at that point. And then it began a gradual recovery in the late 90s. And I would say in the last five to six years, it's been on a very good increase. A lot of people that were children during that late 80s, early 90s boom are older now, have extra money to spend, they've returned to the hobby, they like the autographs and game used and shiny cards and refractors, and they like to buy the things that maybe they didn't have enough money for when they were younger. So the hobby is very strong again, and uh, the, the 10,000 stores that we had during the boom has dwindled to probably 1,000, so it's kind of a nice time for stores that did survive to serve that new market. That's really cool. So out of the three major sports, which one's the most popular in your store here? Baseball is king. Absolutely. Once in a while throughout the years, football or basketball might overtake for a year if there was maybe three or four really hot rookies in there. But it's long been said that baseball is the engine that drives the hobby, and I would definitely agree with that. So when you, the products that you sell here, you sell lots of boxes. We'll be sticking some, uh, some pictures up on our, on our page for all you guys to see back home. You sell lots of boxes, but you've got uh, a plethora of single cards here. Do people still come in and dig through boxes of single cards? Absolutely. In fact, I get a lot of collectors that don't even buy new product, but they buy all kinds of stuff from the past. I think some of them are scared off by the higher prices on some of the new products. And I'm not against high-end product by any means, but I think sometimes the hobby can put too much emphasis on super high-dollar boxes and forget to market products that cater to people that just enjoy regular trading cards, whether they have an autograph or a piece of jersey or not. But I do get a lot of people that are more traditional collectors. They love to buy singles, sets, uh, miscellaneous things. So we try to cater to everybody. Low-end, high-end, singles collectors, team collectors, new product collectors, vintage collectors. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact that you could literally walk in here with a couple dollars and find some fun things if, if your budget was low. And then if you like high-end, I've got that too. Obviously, you run this as a business, uh, but do you still collect cards yourself? I do not. When I, when I made the decision to go full-time as a dealer, I uh, quit collecting. I, the, I'd seen other dealers that tried to do both, and uh, sometimes their store inventory wouldn't be too good, but they had this tremendous personal collection at home. And I never wanted to always uh, – number one, I wanted to have a good store where my inventory was good and I wasn't hoarding it in a closet somewhere. And number two, I didn't always want to wrestle with – 
do I keep this or do I sell it? So the minute I went full time, I pretty much quit collecting. But at the same time, my collection, my store is bigger now than it would be if I was keeping things at home because I'm constantly buying and trading. I get to have the items for a little while. And then I get just as much joy out of finding a home for it as I do keeping it myself. Where do you see the hobby progress in the next five to ten years? I think it continues to grow, but I do think uh, manufacturers need to focus more on traditional collecting again. There's not enough kids getting into the hobby. A lot of it is too expensive and too confusing. I think there needs to be a better emphasis on making products that get kids at an entry level that's more affordable and more understandable. And I think uh, Tops in particular does a good job of that. But I'd like to see more emphasis on that overall. And it's not just kids collecting that way. It's some adults too. I think we need to do a better job growing the future of the hobby by promoting traditional collecting. I'm not against uh, case breaks and things like this, but I do think there's more of a gambling emphasis to them. And I think that's a short-term fix to hobby problems. I, I already have met people that admit they spent way too much doing these case breaks and they had to quit and it, and it just became a, a problem. I'd like to see uh, the hobby back off on high-end case breaks to, to stabilize the market and get back to making products and promoting traditional collecting again for better long-term growth. What do you think the uh, effects of exclusive licenses are on the hobby? You know, uh, they weren't my favorite, but I do see how it has strengthened the hobby in some cases. You know, uh, 15 years ago, dealers like myself were complaining because there were too many licenses and there were too many products. You would literally have 80, 90 baseball products in one year, and most of them would drop in price the day they came out because the market was too flooded. I, I don't like exclusive licenses. I would rather see more companies and more competitiveness. I also feel like at times so much money gets shoveled to the exclusive license that it kind of affects the content we get in the boxes. I think some companies handle this better than others, but I would rather see, I, I, I gotta admit, I miss having Upper Deck Basketball. I miss having Topps Chrome Football. There's some good brands that are forever gone because of exclusive licenses, and I think I'd like to see some of that go away. At the same time, I don't want to get back to where there's just too many products for the market to absorb again. But I, I have to admit, it has strengthened the market in some cases because we don't have as much of a flood of different products anymore. What are some of your favorite products throughout the uh, years you've been in business? Chromes are great sellers, very consistent. Some Whoever came up with that at Topps... Uh, really hit the nail on the head. A lot of times they try new concepts and things. They last for a year or two, but Chrome has just never uh, never run out of steam. Uh, Finest is a good brand as well. Uh, Playoff did a lot of very great creative inserts. Uh, cards on leather, you know, uh, die cut, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I think Pacific Trading Cards as well, back in the late 90s, did a lot of tremendous insert stuff. And Panini has done a good job, I think, of kind of reviving some of those brands, bringing some of that back. Uh, I think my favorite products overall are something that's less than 100 bucks. You get a couple of hits, but we also get some packs to open to. We get some good inserts. We get some good base cards. We get some rookies. That's the kind of product that does best for me. My, my best sellers tend to be something where there's 10 to 20 packs in a box at a minimum, if not 36, and uh, not something, you know, $200 and five cards, and that's it. 
What are the uh, big sellers this year? Uh, Bowman Chrome just arrived today, and even in the time you've been here, you've already self seen me sell through <laughs> several cases of it. Topps Chrome sold tremendously well this year. Everything baseball flew off the shelves till about June, July, when Otani's arm started to show little signs of wear. But every everything I got in was literally flying off the shelf, and I, the prices to restock it were almost equal to what I was selling it for. So that was tremendous. Uh, football's off to a decent start, but it's it's uh, it's definitely a distant second to baseball. Basketball is far behind. I think uh, we struggle with basketball anyway because we, our team was taken from us years ago by David Stern and the team from Oklahoma City that uh, sort of snagged the Sonics away after a 40-year run, and I think that still stings people. And I definitely don't sell as much basketball because of that. At the same time, I think uh, my basketball sales are hurt by just too many high-end products with a few cards in them. I'd like to see more uh, things like Hoops and Dunruss and Prism, products like that with more packs. But basketball is definitely a distant third. My hockey sales are almost as good as my basketball. Uh, there's a lot of excitement in this area that we might be getting a hockey team. And there's some loyal hockey fans now. So, and Upper Deck does a great job with their hockey exclusive license, and they put out products in every price range. I do very well with hockey, even though we don't have a team. What are some of the biggest cards you've seen pulled from boxes you've uh, sold to people? We, we get stuff all the time. I'm, I'm constantly posting pictures of good hits on our website, djsportscards.com. I, I love it when people pull a good hit in my store, and I like to, to kind of show everybody what's getting pulled. We've seen lots of Otani autographs this year. Last year, uh, in one product alone, that 2017 Chronicles Baseball, which was sort of a product that came out at the end of the year and didn't sell very well and dropped in price, we've been restocking that constantly. We've probably seen eight Aaron Judge autographs come out of that. We've seen Cody Bellinger's, Mitch Hanniger, which is a very popular local Mariner player here. But last year was a great rookie crop, and we were seeing all kinds of great autographs come out of that. Uh, we get a lot of good pulls. Every week there's at least two or three things that I'm sending out in my email saying, look what someone got this week. So looking into the uh, rest of the football season coming up, which football products uh, are coming out that you're looking forward to selling? Prism's going to be a great seller. I've already sold pre-sold some of that. Absolute football, uh, not the draft pick version, which does all right, but the, the NFL version that comes out more around Christmas time always does very well. Um, I'll probably order some of the high-end stuff like National Treasures and stuff, but I only have a few customers that really do that kind of stuff. It's more the, the prisms and the absolute things like that that really do well. We did great with certified football. Elite did very well. Again, for my store, it tends to be the ones that have more packs for your money. Which products uh, would you recommend to someone if they were just starting out in the hobby? For football, I love the Dunruss football. You get an autograph, you get a relic, you get 24 packs. People that have actually opened, I was, I was telling a story earlier about how I had some of that product sitting around and I decided to open a box for singles and I opened it with a customer, a longtime customer of mine. And he and his friend have probably bought 10 boxes since then just because once they saw it, they loved it. I think that's a great product for the price point and you still get a decent amount of hits. For baseball, there's all kinds of good products. Your base tops is always good. Uh, tops uh, opening day is a good entry level just cheap product that's a lot of fun tops repeated that with first pitch this year kind of did a, a lower end product with a lot of fun inserts the kids love that stuff 
Um, but really what I tell people is look at what's available and, and pick your price point, pick, pick what you like. Uh, you know, when people ask me, what should I buy? What, I say, get what you like, look what's out there, see what's available, pick what you think is good. That's awesome. So there you have it guys. DJ sports card in Renton. Uh, you can check his website out online. Uh, if anyone wants to purchase some stuff from there, it doesn't currently ship to the UK. Oh, sure I do. Oh, he does ship to Absolutely. the UK. There we go. He ships worldwide, or you could ask someone who's back here in five weeks' time to collect it for you when he comes back again. That'd be me. So, thanks for your time, DJ. Much appreciated, and we'll speak to you again really soon. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, then. Right, that's the uh, interview section done for this episode. Let's move on to... Uh, is that Mr. Partridge I hear? Time for Ask Dan. time for ask dan we have a listener question this week it's nice to know you guys are getting involved with the show uh our first listener question is from joshua tanswell a uh, regular on the nfl card site he said uh, hi dan i pulled a luminous silver ink saquon barkley auto what do you think i should do with it should i hold on to it or should i sell it or keep it in my pc what option would you go for I'm going to throw it out to, to the both of you as well after I've given my opinion. Um, mine is sell it. Simple as that. Get rid. While, the, while it's, he's doing really well, um, he rushes for another 100 yards this week and he's tied Kareem Hunt for the most um, 100 yards from scrimmage games to start a career. Um, I said he was going to have to do some like seriously big things in order to sustain his value if if he keeps going i think he's on for t- over two thousand all-purpose yards from scrimmage which I, I have no doubt he won't do that but um yeah get rid of it where you can because I, I can only see it being worth maybe half of what it's well, worth what, now. did you have a look and see what the luminous silver ends were going for i didn't no i haven't uh, i haven't had a look and seen i know with with my my personal cards um they're probably not. They're not quite going for as as much as I thought that I thought they would be personally. Um, I've got a bit more of a connection with it in that I'm a collector of the Giants, so a Barkley autograph probably means a little bit more to me than somebody who isn't a, isn't a Giants fan or doesn't PC Giants cards. Um, if it's not in your PC, um, I'd just get rid of it as soon as possible. Like it's not gonna. It's it's never gonna hold its hold its value. Not not in my opinion. Do either of you guys know what the uh, print run is on the silver ink? I don't. I, I've, I've noted that down. I, he, he didn't say, and I haven't. I haven't seen what it is that it's numbered to. I think it varied from player to player. I've got the silver and the gold ink on the Rasha Penny that were hard signed, so I've actually got the cards rather than redemptions. I think the the gold inks were t- twenty five of them for him, but it varies from player to player. And the silver ink, I believe, was out of ninety nine. But like I said, each player is different in that that set, so and they're not numbered. So, uh, Ryan, what would your advice be for uh, young Joshua? I think my personal view is I'd keep the card. Um, I'd have a good look at it and see whether it's worth grading. I think that um, the way that card trading is going, I think I think Dan's right. Yeah, value might not hold up, but it's likely that he's not paid that much money into a break. So you're not really losing money. Do you know what I mean? You might be losing the value of the card. Um, I think Saquon Barkley it was a once-in-a-generation athlete coming into the NFL. So um, 
I think his success is fairly sustainable. So I think that, you know, he's going to get accolades over the next couple of years. Um, so my personal preference, I think, would be would be to, to, to keep it around. And one, one, one classic tale, I mean, um, I actually have a 1 of 10. It is the 1 of 10 um, majestic Kareem Hunt. And when um, I sold it or tried to sell it on eBay um, for um, $120 and the bloke pulled out, bastard um but but it wasn't sort of you know i got i was getting bids way over a hundred dollars and anyway pulled out i've still got the card now and it went down to you could have probably picked it up for about thirty dollars about four months ago but now it's started to creep back up again and we're talking about up back up to the hundred dollars so you just don't know i think but I, my personal preference i'd probably keep the card and if it is in really good nick i'd want to have a look, good look at it i I'd possibly get it graded yeah uh, it's, I suppose it's just personal circumstance. If you need money for breaks and he's not going to be in your collection, now is the time to cash in. You could probably get 100 bucks for that, maybe 120. Um, but I'd like to possibly, I'd probably keep it in my collection because the guy is a, a second pick in the draft. He's a once in a generation talent by all accounts. And it's a rookie card. It's nice to look back on. Um, best value is now. Uh, Again, in five years' time, six years' time, it might go up again. If you want to make money, I'd say sell it now. Uh, if not, hold on to it. Keep in your collection. Nice card. Luminance cards are a bit, eh, bit hit and miss. The sticker rods in there are, are, are pretty crap, but you've got the uh, the silver ink on card, which is quite a nice card. If you want to make profit, do it now, but otherwise, I'd, I'd keep hold of that. That'll be worth uh, it'll be worth quite a bit in, in 10, 15 years' time, but if it's a collector or prospector, that's what it comes down to, guys. So uh, that's our advice. We've all got varying different opinions. Uh, so that's our hobby question done. We have one wild card question for you this week, Dan. Are you, are you ready for your question? No, the way I've seen the wife behaving when she's been talking to you, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yesterday Becky sent me a very interesting text. She said, just so you know, I'm Dan's two favourite TV shows. And then she told me. Uh, so, Dan, out of your two favourite TV shows, which one is your favourite? We have First Dates or The Undateables. Oh, The Undateables. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. In fact, it, it, it's, that, yeah, it's that funny, that you, it, but you shouldn't be laughing. I'm amazed in this day and age they can, they can make a television programme like that and get what away with that? it. Why do you like that show so much? Because that's where you, you, you first met your wife, or? <laughs> no, it was just fantastic for comedy value, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely superb. It's a brilliant bit of television. So you don't watch films. You watch no. basically uh, crap reality TV. Yeah. You support the Giants, who are crap. Yeah. Sports Stoke City, who are crap. Yeah. I also support uh, the New York Knicks. They're crap. The Rangers, yeah. New York Rangers, they're crap. The Yankees are good. The Yankees, yeah. well, yeah, they lost in the playoffs, but at least yeah. we made the playoffs. You know what I mean? The, the evil empire, mate. The evil empire. So I actually, actually talked about the next time I've got some some possible success coming from New York, and it's the Yankees, and they don't start against Liverpool, which is a depressing so, thought. Yeah. <laughs> so, so other than reality TV, then what is your other favourite TV show that put yourself a bit of a Let's get a bit of testosterone back into the show, mate. Oh, God, I don't, I, to be honest, other than other than if I'm watching telly, I watch naff stuff like that. Um, I actually watched an episode of The Bachelorette the other day when I was in the house on my own. 
that's God. putting testosterone. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, flag, and, flag uh, on the play, mate. Flag on the play. <laughs> I like mine numbing telly. Do you know that's coming to the UK as well? Just just throwing that out there. Um, I, I tend to just watch sport generally. Whatever it doesn't matter what sport it is, I'll tell. Just tend to watch it. If the Bachelorette was based on the NFL crowd traders group as such, Dan, who would you give your rose to? <laughs> no, no comment. No comments. Between Gav, Steve Palin, <laughs> and uh, no, out of those two, if you had to give a rose out of those to, two, out of those, those two, two right? finalists. Yeah, yeah, Poland. Just, Poland because of the state of his, uh, his the state of his cupboard. <laughs> so we established that Dan's watches crap TV and he's a gold digger as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which moves us on quite nicely to uh, near the end of the show now, guys. So you can uh, all, all relax. It's uh, competition time. Uh, Last episode, we asked you during my trip to Seattle, uh, Seattle and Chicago actually, how many Tinder matches did I get? Uh, we had about six or seven entries, which was quite good for us. Some people said one, which was quite uh, insulting. No. I think even Quasimodo Hewitt would have got more than one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the correct answer was 411. So get in there. So, did any of you guys uh, work out who won? Who was closest to my 411 Tinder matches? Closest and winner for this week's competition was Josh Owen. Excellent stuff. So, a Seahawks fan wins a competition. You'll be getting a limited edition mug, uh, some up-to-date packs, and we'll throw in a Seahawks hit card as well. I've got quite a few here. And I was going to send you some of my illusions, uh, bits that came for you anyway, so that's... Just one postage bill for me this week, so that's perfect. Right, guys, time for episode four's competition. And the question is, how many roses has Dan given out in the last four years of the Bachelorette? <laughs> <laughs> the actual question is, how many uh, Steve McNair rookie cards does Mr. Ryan Slaughter have in his possession? Once again, how many uh, Steve McNair rookie cards has Ryan got in his collection? You can enter via the NFL Cards UK uh, Facebook page. Tell us uh, on there once we link up the episode. Uh, you can answer it through there, obviously through the Twitter account, which is at Waxpat Lyrical, or you can email us, uh, waxpatlyrical at gmail.com. Once again, the prizes are going to be one of our limited edition mugs, some uh, modern from the last five years packs, and when we find out who wins it, if you uh, tell us who you team you follow, I'm sure we can find a couple of cards from that particular team to uh, send along with your prize well that's bringing us towards the end of episode four thank you all very much for listening it's been a pleasure as ever uh anything else we want to raise before we bring this uh memorable masterpiece to a close gentlemen dan nothing from me mate just thank you very much everybody for listening ryan yeah thanks for listening and happy collecting okay guys until next time we've been the guys at Waxback lyrical uh, Dan, you're getting my rose for today. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>